the outfits because I, you know, I love everything that has an outfit associated with it. I love it for the outfits. I love it for the things caught on live TV that they <laughs> couldn't edit out in time. <laughs> yes. Um, I have gone so far as to turn off my phone during an wow. award show because I don't want anyone's, you know, like I used to get. Uh, pings prior, and being yeah, like, oh my god, you can't believe so news, so Yeah, like news updates right. and whatever. I want none of it. And the most heartbreaking thing, I think this was like two or three years ago. I turned off my phone. I'd watched like a record number of movies for the Academy Awards. And I went to watch the recording because it was, you know, I wanted to get all the commercials and everything out of the way. And, um, because it was a live show, it went over. And so I lost that like last <gasps> 10 minutes. That's very uh, important. Or, which it's is very like, important 10 minutes. It's like the finale. So that was very not cool. Don't worry, guys. I ended up seeing the end. It was just a very first world problem. <laughs> <laughs> was, was it the like, La La Land debacle? The La La Land moonlight <laughs> debacle? Because yeah, I think that, it was. I think it was. And I was like, and then now of course that's I, something you don't want to miss. And then of course I turned on my phone and my phone was going nuts and people couldn't believe it and then I had to go and like search out whatever the replay or the secondary recording (laughs) so I could find the mishap and watch everybody's face and and I did love that movie Moonlight so I'm not bad I loved La La Land too but Moonlight was fantastic so it was definitely supposed to be the winner (laughs) I mean come on decidedly Uh, so yeah I so it's very funny that you are very much into award ceremonies. I only recently got into them and funny enough, really only got into them after moving to LA. Hmm. Uh before that, when I lived in Boston and growing up in Florida, I my parents never really cared, so I never really cared. Yeah. And I guess as someone who is trying to get into the industry, um, I guess I should kind of care. <laughs> Which is, I guess, why I'm now recently into it. But I do have a love-hate relationship with award seasons um, because I do think uh, we've barked about this in the past and I know we want to get to it. But uh, I do think that represent representation in media is something that is still very much lacking and that also means representation in the people who choose who gets mm-hmm. nominated for these different awards, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, but I do love when, you know, an underdog wins or a movie that just, you know, it, 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 I felt was breaking so many barriers wins and, you know, they swoop in and they mm-hmm. take all the awards. There's something very satisfying about watching that. I love it. I lo- well, you you and I have talked about this on regular episodes about loving an underdog story. So I absolutely love when there's somebody who either has like from a group that's under like underrepresent under represented in the past or like someone who like, oh, he's never going to win or mm-hmm. she's not going to win um, because, you know, she's too old or she's too this or she's too that. And I love just like maybe I love a good like. Just like I love a good revenge story. I love a good, like, sticking it to the man story. Like, I love a good, like, oh, you didn't see this? Oh, you said she's too old? Like, (laughs) oh, she's the only woman nominated in this category? Like, I love that kind of stuff. But 
Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Listeners, if you haven't already pieced it together, <laughs> this is a special episode. Michelle and I are going to be predicting who's going to win in each category. It's kind of like a bet when you're at work and there's a bet placed on the Super Bowl, right? And you're and I'm the person, I'm your colleague that never watches football, but I'm going to participate in the bet anyway because it's fun. Um, I can tell you right now that Michelle and I have not seen every one of these nominations. Uh, we and tried. Honestly, we we, we tried. Really tried. And some of the stuff isn't even out yet when we're, re- right. we're recording this before the Golden Globes come out. And some of this hits like two days after we're talking right now. And some mm-hmm. of it doesn't come out until maybe like – um, a couple whenever weeks Hollywood from now. says so, so, you know what I mean. Yeah. So <laughs> so whenever Hollywood <laughs> says so, as we've said in the past, um, but I do think that this is very fun. We will have some commentary as we go along. We certainly won't break down the logline for every one of these movies or shows, so definitely check them out. Um, but we'll definitely, you know, leave a little asterisk against uh, titles that we think you should watch or. Stay yeah. tuned for yeah. I was gonna say things that we would rec- the things that we've seen that we would recommend or mm-hmm. things that maybe aren't on this list that we would recommend that we think should be on this list. So um, there are some characters that we Kim and I just love that we just love and we would love if they were recognized on this list. I think maybe they some of them that we're talking about today might be recognized on the within the SAG nominations, but we'll wait and see when the um, Oscar nominations come out. So we'll mm-hmm. give you a little bit of probably who we think because who we think might win, not that we think we're going to be 100% right, but we'll go also give you who we hoped would win. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right. Brrr, that was me doing a terrible drum roll. Perfect. I don't know why there's a drum roll happening at the Golden Globes, <laughs> but I, I did it anyway. There is in our Golden Globes. We do whatever we want in the <laughs> Crush Fictionally Golden Globes. That's right. Crush Fictionally Golden Globes. We do what the F we want. <laughs> we CFGG. We want around. <laughs> CFGG. Okay. So let's hit up and get started with this very first category best performance by an actor mm-hmm. in a television supporting role john boyega small acts brendan gleason the comey rule daniel levy schitt's creek jam jim parsons hollywood sorry jim donald sutherland the undoing who do we think is going to win? Well, quite honestly, I wish I had time to watch John Boyega in Small Axe. I t- have not. Um, I love the reference to Small Axe because that's an old Whaler song, right? An old uh, like Bob Marley oh. uh, Whaler song that was – the Whalers did a lot of um, political songs. And I love the song Small Axe, if, if you don't know it. Pause, go to Spotify, check out Small Axe. Michelle Act. with the movie, with the music <laughs> knowledge. I got you guys covered. It's movie, so good. Music. Um, but it's uh, a political song, and it's uh, the I, – I won't sing it for you because then you will immediately – close the window of this podcast and do something else. <laughs> um, but basically the line is like, you're a big tree, but we're a small ax and we're going to cut you down to cut you down. Oh and so my God. this whole idea of like uprising and um, oppression and fighting back against oppression as like an underrepresented or like smaller group and a small ax. So when I first saw the title of small ax, I was like, Oh, I really want to see this 
this show and it Kim mentioned that it's like five five different like mini movies I it, guess yeah it's five films it's done by the BBC it's five films a series of five films so I don't know how long that I mean a film can be five minutes it could be a hundred and five hours minutes. Yeah. exactly you just don't know so I'm excited to to be honest um I enjoyed the Hollywood uh, series on Netflix. Um, I'm not surprised that Jim Parsons is on this list, but I don't say that he was my favorite um, in in the series of Hollywood. I thought there were so many good performances in Holly in Hollywood, the show. Um, so, quite honest, quite honestly, I'm like, good. I don't know what I feel about this list, um, but knowing what I know about Shit's Creek, I feel like Daniel Levy might be. I the feel one like to take this category. I feel like Daniel Levy uh, will take this category. I am not opposed to that. I think he is fantastic on Shit's Creek. I've really enjoyed Shit's Creek. I I haven't even finished it, but I've uh, it's like one of those like shows where I want to just sip it like a port. It's so mm. sweet and I just want to enjoy it and I don't want to take it all in one big gulp. So it's a show you definitely want to put on when you want to feel good and have a great laugh. So I think Daniel Levy will take this. I wouldn't mind though if John Boyega got, I would love got that. the award. You just gave me chill saying that because I think that John Boyega has, he's been very outspoken about his feelings in Hollywood. I feel like his character in um, the Star Wars canon, uh, I don't want to say they did him dirty, but girl, they did him dirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they feel like his character could have been so much more than it was um and i he's been very vocal about that and i like him in so many other things so i would be over the moon if he took this category um i will say that i i, I was telling kim before we started recording that i don't know the difference between what qualifies somebody to be in a supporting role versus non-supporting role and i just made some notes because i loved we love him as an actor but I loved Michael K. Williams in Lovecraft Country. And I don't know if that qualifies him as a supporting role in Lovecraft Country, but I thought he was fantastic. So was Courtney B. Vance. And I would be yeah. remiss if I didn't mention both of them as, you know, potential, you know, fantastic supporting roles um, in a television series. Oh, great, great picks. Come on, Hollywood, listen up, listen up. What do we have for our next category, Michelle? Our next category is Best Performance by an Actress in a Television Supporting Role. We have uh, Gillian Anderson in The Crown, Helena Bottom Carter also in The Crown, Julia Garner in Ozark, Annie Murphy in Schitt's Creek, and Cynthia Nixon in Ratchet. Now, this category has got me, I've got my knives out, and I'm like, I, I'm like pointing them at like uh, all the people, like all these people. Cause I'm like, man, I feel like the, all five of them could stand in a circle with knives out to each other because they're all such powerful actresses and yeah. what fantastic. I, this is one where I'm like, I don't freaking know. And I think I would be happy with any of them. I truly love Julia Garner in Ozark. Yes. Yes. I love her. I think she is absolutely fantastic. Part of me does hope that she wins. Mm-hmm. But I, I unfortunately, I shouldn't say unfortunately, I, I think either, I think Jillian Anderson might take this one, mm. um, only because she won't be coming back. 
for the crown. Mm. It, I think that's the only season that she's going to get with the crown. Yeah. Um, same with Helena Bonham Carter. She, she, she had her two seasons and now we're, we're going to be moving on to the next phase of um, the monarchy. Mm-hmm. T- entirely new actors. So I think it's going to go to Jillian or Helena simply because the, sh- the, the they won't have that opportunity again. I also feel like the Hollywood foreign press loves the crown. <laughs> I feel like they love, they love that. They yes. love the crown. They love white women talking about the royalty and patriarchy. Um, so I feel like, I feel like you're absolutely right. I love Julia Garner. We've talked about her um, character of Ruth on Ozark and how much we love the character she plays and how fantastic she is. Oh, so um, good. So I would, I'm, um, I would love to see her win. Quite honestly, I have her down. And I, I'll say it again. I'm surprised with all the female characters in Lovecraft Country that not one of the right. women were nominated in a, as a supporting role um, yeah. in a television series. Anjane Ellis, um, Wunmi Mosaku, and Jada Harris, all from Lovecraft Country. Any one of them deserve to be on this list. Um, and I'm sad they weren't so um come on get it together hollywood foreign get it together get it tell other stories about other things uh sorry royal (laughs) family (laughs) sorry Uh, not sorry sorry not sorry so yes so i think this will be an interesting category um Kim's got her knives out. Fight I to got the my death. Knife. <laughs> <laughs> they all have like equally long, sharp knives too. No one has like, no one has like a better knife over the other woman. Uh, moving on. Uh, and can I from just say, analogy. Yes. I love the knives out analogy. We've <laughs> talked about, we've talked about like a villain, um, an octagon of death of villains, like villainy octagon <laughs> of death. I would watch that. I don't know if anyone needs to make a reality Hollywood, show. We are full where of ideas. Come fight on. it out. I mean, Hollywood, we are serving you up like hot <laughs> ideas every week. I don't Get know it. what more you want from us. Get but it, anyways, Come on. I love it. All right. Our got? next category, best performance by an actor in a limited series, anthology series, or a motion picture made for television. Mm-hmm. Brian Cranston, your honor. Jeff Daniels, the Comey rule. Hugh Grant, The Undoing, Ethan Hawke, The Good Lord Bird, Mark Ruffalo, I Know This Much Is True. Now, I haven't seen any of these. (laughs) Uh, This is why we're friends. I haven't seen any of these either. Um, And all those actors, very good. So, (laughs) I don't know. So just, get into the octagon of death and sharpen your knives, right. fellas, because this is where the magic happens. If um, I'm going to take a guess, if I'm going to yeah, take yeah, a go guess, yeah, I think it's going to be Ethan Hawke. Oh, that's funny you say that because I was going to say it's either going to be Ethan Hawke or Hugh Grant, and then the upset would be Mark Ruffalo. I've heard, <laughs> yes. I've heard that. Um, I know this much is true. Has been recommended to me by some friends. I've, um, I like Mark Ruffalo very much, but I. Sorry, friends. I haven't watched it yet. Um, and the trailer that I saw of Good Lord Bird, because I haven't watched it. He, it looks, looks funny. It looks really great. So looks I'm good. into it. So you guys fight it out. I'm not 
I wouldn't be mad about any of these. I've heard um, good things about the undoing and the coats that Nicole Kidman wears. So good for her. <laughs> um, who, who I don't know why he's not on this list because he is, uh, he is, um, his character is absolutely at the top of my list and not just because we think he's a hottie bumbalati, but um, Paul Mescal from uh, normal Hulu's normal people. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he's not on this list. I thought he did a phenomenal job throughout that in, entire uh, limited series uh what a great character well written i think this is like one of one of if not his first roles and uh, i don't i don't get it i don't get how he's not on this list maybe you've got a lot of guys who are very um seen seasoned actors on this list and maybe because he's young but man what a miss um his the character he plays uh of connell is absolutely fantastic i cannot say enough great things about that show so paul mescal would be my pick uh and also considering i've not seen any of these other shows (laughs) what do we got next up oh my gosh well next up is best performance by an actress in a limited series anthology series or a motion picture made for television Mm -hmm. first up is kate blanchett from mrs america daisy edgar jones from normal people shara haas from unorthodox nicole kidman the undoing not her jackets and Anya Taylor joy of the queen's gambit who you got Kim girl. I think it's going to be Anya Taylor joy. I I don't look again. All these actresses got their knives out with each, you know, they're all in the octagon. Yep. All great. All have equally long, sharp knives. Mm -hmm. I just think I have a feeling it's Anya Taylor joy. And I actually would have no problem with that because I thought that show was absolutely fantastic. Love the queen's gambit from end to end Thought she played a fantastic character uh, and played it very convincingly. Um, I think I would be okay with with that. I love the Queen's Gambit, as you know. I'm like, I can't believe I'm. I think I literally texted Kim. I can't believe I'm so into the show. <laughs> I think they might give it to Nicole Kidman because I feel like she's very much the darling, and this show was like hot buzz. It was like hot sandwich, uh, the Undoing, and I never seen one second of it. Um, I will say this, you guys. I absolutely adored uh, Unorthodox. It wasn't mm-hmm. something that. Um, I'm slow to it. I think it's been out for a while and there's other people who have watched it and commented on it. But I thought that Shira Haas gave the kind of performance that gave me chills. And if you've Mm. seen it's four episodes, it's definitely worth watching. Um, It was so moving and lovely. And I love that it is um, a story about a woman like finding her own identity and finding her place in the world. Like, in a modern world, growing up in a very conservative um, uh, orthodox. household and orthodox yeah, yeah. household. Yeah. Um, so I thought in that very last episode, her performance made me cry and gave me chills. So I would love to see Shira Haas make, make I this. I think she's the underdog that if she, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. she should win simply because she is an underdog. She's mm-hmm. a very new, very new actor on the block. Yeah. Um, and a fun fact about unorthodox. I told Michelle this like 40 times, but Netflix, they were like, they only made that show because an executive internally fought hard for it. They were like, Mm -hmm. this executive was like, yo, this story is fantastic. It'll cost us no money to make. Mm -hmm. And it ultimately became one of their most watched shows uh, of the year. So I, I look, I haven't watched 
unorthodox yet. It is on my to watch list. But let me tell you, I watched that trailer and I already know that I'm going to be on an emotional roller coaster and I can't wait to go on it with the Shira Haas and the rest of that cast. I think that it's it was really eye opening for me and it it made me feel um, although it did make me cry many times. I think that especially in the very last episode, I think that it inspire. I think it would inspire somebody who's watching it to watch somebody be so brave and mm-hmm. and to yeah. do something unorthodox you know so um anyways i i think she is i think she's a dark horse i think she's an underdog i would love to see her take it and i can't say enough nice things about uh that series and it's based on a book it's based mm-hmm. on this woman's did you say that sorry that it's based <laughs> on um sorry we've talked about it so many times i can't remember what we've talked about like ourselves and then recording. i know <laughs> But it's, it's it's based on this woman's memoir, and you, and as you're watching it, it's like I know Kim and I had talked about it separately that it, it's how it was funded and how they made it. But just seeing at the end of that very first episode when it said based on this memoir and it had this woman's name, it just gutted me because I thought this is not just a you know a fictional story; it's a fictionalized version, but it's based on her experience, and I can only imagine what she went through but anyways Mm. unorthodox Mm. fantastic speaking of which we have what next best television limited series anthology series or motion picture made for television we probably already talked uh, at length about all these nominees normal people by hulu the queen's gambit by netflix small acts by amazon studios the undoing hbo unorthodox netflix I think that it is going to go to, I think it's going to go to the Queen's Gambit simply because that show just became, it just blew up. I think it's going to go to that, but I don't mind anything on this list. Um, I think it might go to the undoing. Because, really? Yeah, because I feel like they've been talking. They, they, it's gotten a lot of coverage, and people are really excited. I think people are really excited about what's on HBO. Um, look, I wouldn't be mad if it was a Queen's Gambit. I wouldn't even be mad if it was The Undoing. But I would love to see small acts or normal people, or uh, especially unorthodox, come in here and take this. Um, I think that normal people shows what it's like. Um, uh, for men and women who struggle um, with uh, mental and physical abuse and um, mental illness, mm-hmm. and uh, but but framing it in a way that seems very real, and I just absolutely love a good female strong lead with a unique story. So I would I would be fine with pretty much anything on this list, but I'm kind of rooting for normal people and unorthodox. Um, but hey, there's no, I don't think there's any wrong answer in this category. Yeah, uh, I did hear off you know through the grapevine that the Undoing didn't leave viewers satisfied by the end Hmm. now i don't know i haven't watched it i will eventually watch it um but just putting that out there because i was like i know it got such a it got such a huge following and a lot of buzz and then apparently it left Hmm. i don't know i don't know apparently it left audiences wanting more um saying yeah i don't i don't know how small acts ends um but uh i was very happy with the ending between the other three 
Queen's mm-hmm. Gambit, Normal mm-hmm. People, and Unorthodox. Very much happy with those endings. Ooh, what do we got for uh, our next category? We got some actors. We have the best performance by an actor in a television series in the musical or comedy category, which I am always very perplexed about what constitutes a musical or comedy because some of these <laughs> things do not seem either, but neither here no. nor there. Uh, first up, we have Don Cheadle, uh, King of the Accents. Uh, just kidding. His show is called <laughs> Black Monday. Uh, Nicholas Holt uh, in The Great, Eugene Levy in Schitt's Creek, Jason Sudeikis in Ted Lasso, and Rami Yosef in Rami. What do you think? Who's on your list here? I, you probably already know who's on my list here. Um, I think the person that will take it will be... Um, I think it's going to be Jason Sudeikis. I think we're going to... I think it's going to... I think we might have chosen the same person for this category. Yeah. Um, I'm between that or Don Cheadle. But... I think that Eugene people love. I think people love Eugene Levy. I think it'll. I think it's going to come down between Eugene Levy and Jason Sudeikis. Mm-hmm. I, I have said. I have texted multiple people, you included, and said this might be my favorite Jason Sudeikis ever. Um, right. As Ted Lasso. You, if any of you who are listening have heard any of our other episodes, I've talked about <laughs> Ted Lasso at length. You're like, stop it. I'll watch it. Just stop talking about it. Um, leave me alone. But, uh, leave me alone. Um, I, I do enjoy uh, Rami. Um, I haven't finished out that second season, um, but I think it's a really interesting take and I think it's well done. So I'd be happy if it was him too, but I'm re- I think I'm rooting for Jason Sudeikis just because I think the writing on that show is really well done. And he does um, a multifaceted character in what seems like would probably come across as like a one note considering it com- it's based off a commercial um, and a parody and kind of like a, this silly satire. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think just like our, one of our recent guests, Ronnie Adrian, I think that he plays a very multifaceted character. Ooh. All right. Next oh. category. Now this is, this we're going to, this is a doozy. Yeah. Kim, that you got I, it. So you don't got, even give it, give it to us. I can't even right now. Best performance by an actress in a television series, musical or comedy. <laughs> Lily Collins, Emily in Paris, Kaylee Cuoco, The Flight Attendant, Elle Fanning, The Great, Jane Levy, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, Catherine O'Hara, Shit's Creek. Okay, before I get into who I think will win. I have so many problems with the nominees on this list. First of all, I don't want to like, I'm not trying to chop down everybody, but why Michaela Cole is not on this list. uh, If we wanted to deem her show a comedy, uh, I'm just very disappointed. All white women, all white women, you guys. uh, I was telling Kim that, when the nominations first came out, I, I saw the article that said, here are the nominations and there's massive snubs. Michaela Cole and her her writing, her show, her performance, everything being like the biggest miss on this list. But they had a picture of Emily in Paris, which we have been told multiple times, it's pronounced Emily in Paris. Um, and I thought, now. why are they posting that picture? That's so silly. Why would they post a picture of that show? That's clearly not on the nominations list. And then I opened it up and I was like, <laughs> jokes on me, jokes on Michelle. I had no idea that that this show would even make it. You guys, I'm not trying to fully hate on it because I've, I've watched it. I was entertained. Um, 
but I wouldn't say that anything about the writing or the, the character arc or the storyline um, or anything about the acting was particularly noteworthy. Yeah, I, I mean, like for me, I'm like, okay, is, are you, you, are we seriously here seeing that Lily Collins and no offense, Jane Levy are the best of the best <laughs> actresses <laughs> In a musical and co- or comedy in the last year, I do not believe that. Um, if anything, look, I, like Kim's like uh, Kim, get off your high horse. But I'm like, why isn't Dairy Girls on here? Dairy Girls is one of the funniest shows I've ever seen in my life. It's on Netflix. It's also mm-hmm. on. Um, it's an Irish show uh, that is also on the BBC, I believe. Yeah, and it is. I started watching it because you told me about it, and you're absolutely right. Everything you commented a about crying, that show, laughing, crying, laughing. It's so good. I. I easily think that any of the actresses on that show would blow uh, the the competition out the water for some of these names. However, I will say, though, that it's got to go to Catherine O'Hara because Catherine O'Hara is absolute perfection on Schitt's Creek. Mm-hmm. I, I think she is absolutely a comedic genius. Mm-hmm. And Schitt's Creek is, I think, one of the best platforms for her a- a- and her abilities. And I... She better get that damn nomination, especially in comparison to the other names on this list. She has the she th- these other women showed up with knives. She's got a freaking uh, bazooka. Do you know? Yeah, what I mean? they, they they showed up to <laughs> you know a, uh, they brought their knives to a gunfight. Right, yes. like, that's a great analogy. I love it. Um, I think I, I feel like Catherine O'Hara saw this list of her fellow nominees <laughs> and just laughed so hard, and she laughed some more. Um, I love Catherine O'Hara just in general as an actress. I love that people who are really into Schitt's Creek are like uh, just making the connection now that Catherine O'Hara is also Kevin McAllister's mom from Home Alone. (laughs) Whoever doesn't know that, just quit it. Quit it. (laughs) Library cards are free. Come on, people. It's not hard to like get smart. Um, I feel like I think you're right as far as Catherine O'Hara. I will say this that, and and I never thought I'd say this because I have talked unending trash talk about her as an actress but um kaylee cuoco in the flight attendant is showing a little bit more than she has as far as like the big bang i think this was um i actually think she did a phenomenal job and i was so jokes on me once again because i have said not nice things about the way she said declared that she wasn't a feminist who says that Mm. um but (laughs) I will say I watched The Flight Attendant, uh, was very intrigued. It was recommended to me. Let's be honest. I watched it for the guy in it. I watched it for Michael Houston's character, who we've seen in other things like Game of Thrones. Stop it. Just, oof, it's hot in here. Um, <laughs> but he was great in it, and she actually did a really nice job. So if she got awarded, I wouldn't be mad about it. Um, I am very upset, not just about Michaela Cole, if we're considering that a comedy that is that she's not on this list. I thought she was fantastic. Um, I think that Rashida Jones in um, hashtag Black AF is amazing. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I think she's very funny. I think the writing is great. We love Kenya Barris. I don't know why she's not on here. Um, so I would love to give out a shout out to Rashida Jones. And man, she is so good. You guys have probably seen her in a million things. She's done like 300 different TV appearances in her 
in her career, Jennifer Lewis in Blackish is like the ultimate scene stealer, uh, funny lines left and right, the greatest delivery. And uh, I meant to look up to see if she's ever been nominated. She should be nominated for all things. She might have been nominated in this category before, um, but she's not on there now. And I just don't understand why. So, um, yeah, I feel like this was probably the most disappointing category for you and for me when we saw it because we thought there's oh, so much more they could have done with it. A million times. All right, moving on to our next category, best television series, musical or comedy. Emily in Paris. <laughs> Sorry, I have to read it like that. I'm sure it's great in a lot of ways, but I'm like, really? Okay, Emily in Paris, Netflix, The Flight Attendant, HBO Max, The Great, Hulu, Schitt's Creek, Pop TV, Ted Lasso, Apple TV Plus. Who do we think is going to get the gold? Um, I think this will probably go to Schitt's Creek, to be quite honest. Um, I think so, too. I really wish it would go to Ted Lasso. Again, I thought it's a very inclusive cast. Um, oh, you know what? You know who's also, can I just say, since since it made me think of Ted Lasso, you know who wasn't on the best performance for an actress in a television series is the female lead in Ted Lasso, played by uh, Hannah Waddington, I think is oh. her name. And she is fantastic. Um, she, and I don't know if it's just because... They wanted to have just young people and Catherine O'Hara in this category. I don't know. <laughs> um, but what a miss. And um, can I just say, I think this is the only time that Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist comes up. There have been people who have asked about whether this is a good show or not. I think that some of the performances in that show are truly fantastic and some of what they've done with the choreography and some of the other characters have been great, but I don't know that Jane Levy is really knocking out of the park as far as that character is concerned. Yeah, And I'm I don't sorry. mean that and it's any offense to her, but I feel like if you're going to be the best, like you said, the best of the best, then I think that your role cannot be played by anybody else. And Michaela yeah. Cole is an example of that. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I think that as far as the best television series based on that, in the musical and comedy category, I'll probably go to Schitt's Creek, but I'd love to see Ted Lasso just based on there's a little bit more representation on that show. Okie dokie. I also wrote down um, as far as shows that I thought could be on here were hashtag black AF um, on Netflix and uh, the Duchess mm-hmm. also on Netflix, which is about a single mom who's raising her daughter in London. And um, I thought that it was kind of a sleeper hitter. I was, hey, if Emily's in Paris on here, I don't have to defend any of my choices. <laughs> That's so. 100% correct. <laughs> so if we're going to put something like Emily in Paris on here, I might as well uh, say The Duchess from Netflix. And I did hear, I told this to Kim separately, that the producers of Emily in Paris took members of the Hollywood Ford Press on like a Paris vacation. Um, and treated them to uh, a very expensive, fancy time in order Mm. to, I guess, Mm. sway Mm. their ideas about the nomination. So I'm not down with that. That automatically disqualifies you in my book. So we'll see if people, I don't know, what would you light on fire if Emily in Paris got this award? I mean, like a coffee beatine lift? I don't know. I don't know. Something. Next category, what do we have, Michelle? Best performance by an actor in a television series, but drama. Make Ooh. it drama. Jason Bateman in Ozark, Josh O'Connor in The Crown, 
Bob Odenkirk in Better Call Saul, Al Pacino in Hunters, and Matthew Riss in Perry Mason. What do you think? Um, I love... I, I, we've talked about this already. I loved Ozark. I love The Crown. Of course, I love Better Call Saul. But I do think the winner here is going to be Josh O'Connor for The Crown. He does a fantastic job at playing uh, Prince Charles. And we're not going to see him again. I think this is going to be... I think, you know, there might be, again, a little bit of sympathy for him here in that uh, this is his last hurrah to be seen as Prince Charles in this role. Mm -hmm. So I think it will go to him. But I again, this is a very competitive list. It's a competitive list. Uh, I haven't watched Perry Mason, but I've heard good things. And I I didn't watch Hunters. Uh, Does Al Pacino need me to do that? I don't think so. Um, I'd love to see Bob Odenkirk take it because I don't know if that I think he's been nominated, but I don't know if he's won. I would love to see him win awards. And since we're speaking of it, I mean, you guys are going to be like Michelle Stoppett already. But how is Jonathan Majors from Lovecraft Country not on this list? Mm -hmm. Um, How is Giancarlo Esposito Pazito from Better Call Saul, not on this mm-hmm. list. I don't know, people. I just like, as Kim would say, let's call unsolved mysteries as soon as possible. Um, so that yeah, this is a competitive list. I feel like it could have been a little bit better. Um, it's kind of circling. Oh yeah, they're all white dudes, aren't they? Um, yeah. It would be nice to have the change it up a little bit. So we'll change see. It up. Oh, I think I think it. you're right about the crown, though, for sure. What's next? All right, we have Best Performance by an Actress in a Television Series Drama. Mm-hmm. Olivia Coleman, The Crown, Jodie Comer, Killing Eve, Emma Corrin, The Crown, Laura Linney, Ozark, Sarah Paulson, Ratched. Um, yo, again, we got, you know, these knives out. All equally as sharp. All equally. (laughs) All equally as long. And uh, I hate to say the crown over and over again, but I do. Part of me is like, you know, thinking I I don't think I love Killing Eve. I think Jodie Comer's great. I mean, these actresses are all fantastic. Laura Linney on Ozark. I mean, Mm -hmm. come on. Anything Sarah Paulson does is fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. I mean, she's just a wreck a force to be reckoned with. So I, I, I'm going to lean towards the crown again. And I don't know if it will be Olivia Coleman or Emma Corrin. I would lean towards Emma Corrin simply because I believe Olivia Coleman already won a golden globe for this role. Mm-hmm. I believe, um, mm-hmm. or maybe I'm getting that mixed up with the favorite, which she won the Oscar for, you know what? Don't quote she's me. She's doing all right. She's lovely, though. I think she, she's really fantastic. She was very unlikable, um, but so much so in Fleabag. Uh, so I I love Olivia Coleman. So I'm ne- not necessarily mad at anybody on this list, but Michaela Cole is, is painfully absent mm-hmm. from this list for I May Destroy You. Mm-hmm. I think she should absolutely be on here. I don't really think that there's a Jodie Comer in Killing Eve unless there's a Sandra Oh. I feel like Sandra Oh right. should automatically, it's like uh, Step Brothers where they go into the interview and they're like, you're going to hire both of us. I feel like they should both be <laughs> on this list. <laughs> All right. Well, next in TV, we have Best Television Series Drama, The Crown on Netflix, Lovecraft Country on HBO, The Mandalorian on Disney Plus, Ozark also on Netflix, and Ratchet on Netflix. I mean, I think you know who my pick is on this list, mm-hmm. um, but what's your pick? Um, 
I personally think that it should go to Lovecraft Country. Uh, I think I think it's doing fantastic stuff with genre and not and I'm not just saying this because of representation in media, but it's, I, I do think it it's brilliant. I think Lovecraft Country should get the award. Um, but you know, I love me some Mandalorian, so Ooh. I wouldn't be mad about that. I loved Ozark. I, clearly, I love The Crown. I don't think The Crown needs this award. I think they're gonna they. I think they're gonna be fine. Uh, but I think Lovecraft Country should definitely get the award and for if for whatever crazy reason that doesn't happen i think it should go to the mandalorian i actually have the mandalorian down um i think that i i loved obviously lovecraft country i love the representation in it um i think as far as like uh the the story i think there were a lot of like deep cuts and um a lot of like references that you really like for me i had to educate myself on and learn more about and it's it's got everything wildly so right it's got everything from like historical fiction to like sci-fi to fantasy to horror and it's just a lot and it's a lot to digest, but I don't know. I was leaning towards the Mandalorian. So I'm going to go unexpectedly. So and say, um, I hope the Mandalorian takes this category. I think it's like one of the best things that they've done for that star Wars canon hands down. Mm, this is the way. This Maybe. is the way. Maybe. What else do we have? What's our next category? Next category. Ooh, you guys know, I love this category as a writer, best screenplay for a motion picture. Emerald Fennel for Promising Young Woman, Jack Fincher for Mink, Aaron Sorkin for The Trial of the Chicago Seven, Christopher Hampton and Florian Zeller for The Father, and Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. What do you think, Michelle? This was a tough one for me um, because I I think I think that. They will, and I think it should. It should be Emerald Fennell from for a promising young woman. I thought that that was a fantastic movie. You and I talked about the writing. Mm-hmm. I I felt like there was so much of it that resonated with me as a woman, um, as a as a female in society, and how we're spoken to on a daily yes. basis. So I loved it. I thought it captured everything. Um, it's a very close second, actually, for me for um, No Man Land, which is one I just recently watched. Um, Me too. I, I didn't think that I would like it, but I actually was really drawn to it. And I, um, I, I think obviously it says something about how it was written and that you have non-actors playing fictionalized, for, fictionalized versions of themselves, which makes it almost feel like not a movie, not necessarily mm-hmm. that it's a documentary, right. but it makes it feel like you're in the story so much more. So I could go either way. Um, if it's not either one of those, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, throwing champagne at the TV. <laughs> I will lose my shit if it's not one of those. I personally think I would love Promising Young Woman, Young Woman to mm-hmm. win. Mm-hmm. I think the script is brilliant. I loved the writing. I thought it was just so 
as a writer, as a writer, you were saying that you were really impressed with how it was written. I remember you telling me that after because we, I said how much I just loved it overall, and I am not a writer like Kim is, not an award winning writer like Kim is. So <laughs> Please stop. Uh, you are a writer. I write emails. It doesn't count. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I, I think that says a lot. If you were that impressed with the writing of uh, it, that was a movie that I was writer jealous over mm. where I was like, Oh man, I wish I would have written something like that. I love that. Um, Not that you were I, jealous, but I love that. Cause it speaks to how good the writing was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I, I was jealous, Michelle. <laughs> I mean it. <laughs> I was writer jealous. I wish I would have written something that brilliant, that captivating. And I'm not, just, and I'm not, not trying to, you know, uh, make a dig at my own work work but it was it 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 just uh it captivated me i thought it was so brilliant so i hope it gets it and you know i thought nomadland was fantastic um and yeah you know i'm i have nothing against aaron sorkin but does he really need another one uh, one of these i'm not sure i don't think he needs another award i think he's doing all right yeah i'll come back to the trial of the chicago seven um but i didn't watch mank and i didn't watch the father but i feel like the father looks very interesting i want to watch that i i definitely will watch that mm -hmm. um so but you know even then i i still think that i'm like ah promising young woman uh i i hope we shall see i would love to see that we're probably going to be talking about these movies again in one second what do we have for the next category well now we have best director in a motion picture emerald finale for promising young woman David Fincher for Mank, Regina King for One Night in Miami, mm. Aaron Sorkin for The Trial of the Chicago 7, and Chloe Zhao for Nomadland. What do you think? So here's where I'm going to flip myself, and I think it's going to be Chloe Zhao that will win for Nomadland. I mm -hmm. thought the direction was so beautiful not that i didn't think that emerald fennel wasn't bringing it as a director for a promising young woman but i do think that um i do think i would love to see the love spread out a little bit and you know have one of them one one category and have the other win the other category in my ideal world it's but funny you say that because i said the same thing in my notes is that i would love for emerald fennel for to win for best screenplay and then for either regina king or chloe Zhao to win in the director category i absolutely wouldn't mind regina king winning anything i think she is uh god i love her i think she's freaking phenomenal I'm, um, I would like the One Night in Miami to show up a little bit more on this in, entire list than it does in just the best director, best director category. Um, I thought it was fantastic. It's obviously a movie or a motion picture, but it, the way that it was shot um, and uh, filmed gives uh, gives an idea gives you an impression of it as if it was a play which it was originally a play mm -hmm. and i think that's really interesting um but i thought that one night in miami was so interesting and educational and i am sad that that um spike lee isn't on this list for defy bloods right. um much more than aaron sorkin i feel like yeah i'm just gonna say it that i think that spike lee is much more deserving of um a nomination in this category after watching the trial of the Chicago seven, um, a big fan of Spike Lee. And I also thought that we should have seen Judas and the black Messiah show up a little bit more. Mm. Um, 
yeah. in other categories. So, so yeah, I guess I'll, I, I will say it that, you know, if David Fincher, Aaron Sorkin take home this best director, I'll be like, have we learned nothing? Uh, this makes no sense to I me. Will. So riot in the streets, riot I- in the streets for it, Kim. <sighs> Who else do we have? Now we're talking actors in a motion picture. What's up next? Oh, yeah, baby. We're moving into actor character territory. Best performance by an actor in a supporting role in any motion picture. Sasha Baron Cohen, The Trial of the Chicago 7. Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah. Jared Leto, The Little Things. Bill Murray, On the Rocks. Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami. Who do you think, Michelle? Sadly, I feel like they might give it to Sasha Baron Cohen. And I and not to say anything bad about Sasha Baron Cohen, but his character in the trial of the Chicago Seven, I thought was weak. Um Oh, I am weak because I have a thing about accents and you've got a lot of different people playing different accents. And he was doing this New York accent so hard that it felt like a like a severe comedy bit. And I wasn't buying it. And Ah. he dip in and out of it. And I see why they nominated him because of the because of the dialogue that he had and um the amount of dialogue that he had, but I thought Jeremy Scott, who was in the trial of the Chicago seven would have been a better nomination here. Look, um, I don't think Jared Leto needs anything in life. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I said it, I've said things about Jared Leto on this podcast before. Um, I love Bill Murray in on the rocks. As you guys know, if you listen to our Bill Murray episode, Um, but I thought that Daniel Kaluuya and, um, in Judas and the Black Messiah was phenomenal. And when you see his performance and then they show, this is not a spoiler, they do show footage of the real Fred Hampton mm. that that mirrors one of the scenes and a couple of the scenes in the movie. And I believe Daniel Kaluuya to be him. And that's, I think, what you want. And even more so, if Leslie Odom Jr. got this for One Night in Miami, I was looking up so much stuff about Leslie Odom Jr. paying Sam Cooke that um, I broke the internet. Uh, he <laughs> he is so amazing. Kim has been to my house. We have played Sam Cooke records uh, yes. in my place on full blast. And uh Leslie Odom Jr. transforms into Sam Cooke in in this. He's absolutely fantastic. And I will say that um I wouldn't take anything away from Eli Gore, Aldous Hodge, or Ken Kingsley Ben Adir, who also are starring alongside Leslie Odom Jr. I'm a kind of surprised. I thought that um Eli Gore, who plays Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali, was so in this performance that I don't know why he's not on this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I don't think that Sasha Baron Cohen needs this nomination. Neither really does, does Jeremy Scott from the trial of the Chicago seven, if I was going to pick and definitely Jared Leto does not. And I kind of frankly think that Bill Murray could give two shits about this category. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm not showing up. <laughs> so, he's like, I don't yeah, even know what a golden glove is. I don't care. I'm Bill Murray. I do what I want. Um, yeah. So I've, I really hope it's Daniel Kaluuya or Leslie Odom Jr. in this category to take it. And if it's Sasha Baron Cohen, I guess I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) I agree with you. I agree with you on all takes. Um, All right. I will say just, just as a quick note before I move on, I didn't realize that 
One Night in Miami was a play. I had to look it up. I was telling oh, I didn't Kim, know that either. There were a lot of things that I learned um, about history and life and um, historical figures and that the One Night in Miami is based on a play written by Kemp Powers, who also contributed to the screenplay um, of this motion picture, which was directed by the lovely Regina King. We love her so much. But uh, spoiler alert, Kem Powers also wrote the Pixar movie, Soul. Oh. <laughs> thought I'd throw it out there, guys. We're going to talk about Soul in just a few minutes. Just a minute. Before we do, am I up next, I guess, for this? Yeah. Um, best performance by an actress in a supporting role in any motion picture. First of all, we have Glenn Close in Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman in The Father. And then next up, we have Jodie Foster in The Mauritanian, and Amanda Seyfried in Mank, and... Helena Zengel in News of the World. Oh, I really want to watch News of the World, and I haven't watched it yet. Uh, look, I don't... Look, I haven't seen um, any of these. So all, all white women. <laughs> all, all white women. Uh, and I haven't seen any of these. These are all great picks. I'm sure they're all fantastic. I've seen the trailers for all of these. I know that's not anything, but I'm... I if I were to take a guess, um, I would think that Glenn Close would take this one. Oh, really? I would think Jodie Foster should take this one. I this I want Jodie Foster to take it, but I think it. it would be Glenn Close. I want Jodie Foster to take this. This trailer looks amazing. It's not out yet. I think we've got a couple weeks before we're able to see it. We'll come back. We'll come back to us then after Kim the Mauritanian. Yeah. Oh, it's out. Is it out? You can watch the trailer. Mm-hmm. Oh. I didn't know that it was out yet. I don't know if the movie's out, but the trailer's out. Oh, no, that's what I meant. That I, oh, my, I have a, We haven't watched it yet, so come back and we'll comment <laughs> it once we watch <laughs> yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah. The, because the trailer looks amazing, and Jodie Foster looks great in it, and uh, it looks like something I'd really be into. Um, who I wish was on this list was Yoo Jung Yoon, um, who plays the grandmother in Minari. Mm, um, she right. is fan fantastic she is fantastic and i don't know how she's not on this list but that whatever we minari's in the next category and i can say other nice things about minari then but um yeah i would love for her to be nominated i think she was so great oh all right next category best motion picture foreign language another round from denmark la yarona from guatemala Guatemala and France, The Life Ahead, Italy, Minari from the USA, which I don't know why this is in foreign Ugh. language, but okay. <laughs> don't get me. <laughs> Two of Us, France. Now, I haven't seen any of these. I actually want to see all of these. All, uh, the trailers for all five of these look absolutely fantastic. Minari, I already cried watching the dang trailer for Minari. I cried watching the trailer for The Life Ahead. Holy shit, that. And that's that, on Netflix, Kim? Uh, that's on Netflix. The Life Ahead looks glorious. It also stars uh, Sophia Loren. So I think it's going to be a great movie. I think we're going to have... Uh, I think this is going to be a very competitive category, but I do think it will go to Minari. I really hope it goes to Minari. Um, I told Kim that I watched a screening. So you can go to A24, at least you can now, I believe, and go to A24 and 
pay to watch the streaming. Um, I was hesitant to do that because I thought it was going to be like extra and I didn't know what was involved rather than just I'm so used to streaming stuff on my TV. And I was so glad that I did. It was a really easy process. I signed up. I got my like virtual ticket. I felt like, man, I was so nostalgic for going to a movie theater. I felt Mm. like I was almost doing the real thing. And what's nice is they they may do this on the streaming version, which I think is out in a few days after we're today, now that we're recording. But um, they had a nice little intro with the actors at the beginning to open mm-hmm. the movie. And I told Kim, like, I was barely past the intro when I was crying. Um, then the movie itself. And then they had about, like, a 30, 40-minute Q&A that they recorded with the actors and the director. And um, it was – it's so good. I can't say enough about this movie. I think, for me, it resonates in some way personally about um, – Immigrants, and well, technically, you guys were pretty much all immigrants in this country. Let's not get that twisted. But uh, first generation being in this country and what it's like and the identity of what that means to be, what it means to be an immigrant in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I loved it. Um, I won't say too much about it because I think – uh, if you like movies like Moonlight, um, if you love character development stories, then this is for you. If you like things with like lots of plot, this is not the movie for you um, <laughs> at all. Um, but it's really fantastic. I thought the acting was fantastic across the board. I don't know why this is not in the best motion picture, picture category. I think it absolutely should be. Um, and I cannot get over the performance of Steve Young. And I wish that I had some fun facts for you guys, some trivia. I always like to bring the trivia, the facts. And the only thing that I came across is that the red hat that Steve Young wears in the movie actually belongs to him and was a gift from his own mother when he was oh, 17. Stop it. Stop so it. So did right I just make now, you guys cry? Stop it right now. Leave the stop. room, Michelle. Get out of here. Stop making people cry. I'm going to make myself cry. Girl. Anyways, Minari, what a fantastic movie. Um, the metaphor that they have for what Minari is and that it's based on the director's um, own life and i can and i cannot recommend i mean i cannot recommend it enough i know i've said that like five million times in the past two minutes but the q a um that was a part of a24 and some things that steve Yun said about how excited he was about this film and and then to hear um yoon jung yoon yoo jung yoon uh, who plays the grandmother um how have she talks about what it was like the relationship with her own grandmother mm-hmm. and so that's what she pulled from yeah. to build this character so yo wow. the trailer you gotta watch the trailer because you will laugh out loud there is a little boy uh her grandson the grandma uh they have this cute ass scene in the trailer and i'm never gonna do it justice but the boy yells at her in korean and he says uh, he says, you're not a real grandma. And she's like, well, what's a real grandma supposed to be? And he's like, you're supposed to bake cookies, but you curse. And you-, <laughs> you curse and you watch wrestling and you wear men's underwear. And the dynamic between all of the family so- members, but this little boy is, I think that all the actors you believe them to be these people. Oh. And, you know, and I think that's hard with child actors because you see, you can kind of, 
see the acting coming out and he's a, he's such a natural this kid he's such they, a natural you don't see you any of the, you don't see any of the acting and this little boy is just so wonderful in it and man i mean i was you know walking dead wrecked me when glenry wasn't on there anymore and uh the only thing i can say is that the saving grace is that steve young is out there doing fantastic roles this like this be- Yeah. What do we got next? Next up, we have best motion picture in an animated category. The Crudes, A New Age from DreamWorks. Onward by Walt Disney Pictures and Pixar Animation Studios. Over the Moon by Netflix and Pearl Studios. Soul by Walt Disney Pictures and Pixar Animation. And Wolf Walkers by Cartoon Saloon and Melusine. Ooh, okay. Listen, uh, y'all already know that I love Soul. <laughs> I also loved Over the Moon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is gonna Wolf Walkers. I have not seen, but I watched a trailer for that, and the animation looks absolutely glorious. I want to watch it. It's about um, a little girl who runs into another little girl who. Uh, is a wolf walker uh, mm. and lives amongst uh, lives amongst the wolves mm-hmm. and is a little wild and it's it looks cute as all hell. Um, so I, you know, I think the Asian in me wants Over the Moon to win mm-hmm. because it's such a darling movie about grief and family and love in uh, a traditional sense, but how you can find love uh, in different places that you never knew. Why are you trying to make me cry? We're just coming off Minari. We're crying and now we're crying at animated movies. My good God. But like, I also loved, loved, loved Soul. Mm -hmm. Like, and I don't want to sound cheesy, but Soul touched my soul. It was so beautiful. So good. I loved the message that it had. I truly would be... (laughs) Pun intended, over the moon, if over the moon or soul won. Um, I haven't, I've only seen two of the movies on this list. I've seen Onward and I've seen Soul. Um, I'm a big Pixar fan. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for me to not like Pixar. Um, Same. I wanted to like Onward more than I did. Um, mm-hmm. Kim and I have talked about loving a good father-son or father-daughter story. And I don't know, maybe it just... Maybe it was uh, the time frame in which I saw it, which was the beginning of the pandemic. It was literally the last movie I saw in a movie theater. Um, I don't mean to laugh so, maybe, so, so hard. Maybe it, maybe it wasn't the best time, guys. Maybe it wasn't the best time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think what you said about Over the Moon, you sold me. I'm going to go watch it after we stop recording. Um, and Ugh. I'm a big fan of Soul. I loved everything about it. And I think it's great that we're telling – new stories with you know from different perspectives we were just talking about minari but you mentioned that in over the moon and i think the very very same thing for soul and who wouldn't love something where Questlove is doing the the oh. voice right for soul a character. Is an all-star cast it's an all-star cast the last thing i will say about over the moon uh, of course you can watch it on netflix but um i think over the moon does for the chinese community hmm. what coco 
did for the Mexican community. It is a really beautiful showcase of culture. Mm -hmm. And I loved the way Coco showed Mexican culture. It was magical, um, truly beautiful and magical and made another movie that also made me weep. But I highly, highly recommend it. That movie made me weep and kind of like soul. It made me weep and laugh out loud. Mm -hmm. Like there's that one scene where the bell falls on him as he's performing and that's how they show that he dies. (laughs) And I have never laughed so hard in a movie theater. Actually, I've laughed harder when Kim and I I was going to say, Toy Story 4 much? Um, (laughs) It was one of those. And I was like, is this thing on? Did you guys not see that? It was like perfect timing. <laughs> um, alrighty, moving on for our next category, we have best performance by an actor in a motion picture, musical, or comedy. Sasha Baron Cohen in Borat, subsequent movie film, James Corden in The Prom, Lynn Manuel Miranda in Hamilton, Dev Patel in The Personal History of David Copperfield, and Andy Samberg in Palm Springs. Michelle. What do you think? Well, first of all, have you seen The Prom? Does James Corden belong on this list? I mean, I'm <laughs> going to say something super rude about James Corden. Um, so I'll, I'll follow that some, with something very nice. I think that Andy Samberg plays a great character in Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. Um surprisingly enough, even though we talk about him separately and never on the podcast, uh, Dev Patel is <laughs> not just a hottie in real life, but man, he is amazing in the personal history of David Copperfield. I thought he was great. Um, I would not be mad at it. Um, if he won and quite frankly, if he won the award and was on my TV screen, I would be so happy. Um, I, I really think that, but I do think deservingly so. And I think this should will go to him it would be an upset i think if it didn't should go to lin-manuel miranda for hamilton uh 100 agree um rioting in the streets if it doesn't go to lin-manuel i mean i know we talked a bit of shit about sasha baron cohen uh earlier i have not seen him in the sh- uh, the trial of the chicago seven i do love him as an actor i think he does really great character work and i do think he's often overlooked because he is a he started out as a comedian Mm -hmm. and comedians never get taken seriously until they of course start their drama career. So I think um, Sasha Baron Cohen, there are moments in any of the movies he does uh, these like comedic improvised movies like Borat and Mm -hmm. Bruno where I have looked at my boyfriend because it's always me and him watching these movies together. And I have looked at him and I was like, and I'm like, I don't know how he stays in character. Like he is, it, it it's incredible to watch because uh, <laughs> there are no, t- you know, there are no second takes with a lot of these uh, scenes, especially when they involve real people. So part of me kind of does want Sasha Baron Cohen to win for Borat subsequent movie film, which I'm told I haven't seen it yet, but I'm told it is, um, actually delightful uh it's uh it's a it's a i guess like a slightly more modern take on the original borat film and he's still stabbing at the absurdity of humanity and americans and i i kind of here for that yeah i mean i like you know i said earlier about sasha baron cohen being in the uh 
the trial of Chicago seven. I, I think he brings something to the character. It's just that his, how they played him with this heavy New York accent was not working for me. Honestly, and it was I haven't very, even seen the movie. It was yet. very distracting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, you know, he's not a perfect actor, but I yeah. think if we, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm like thumbs up, thumbs up for uh, Borat <laughs> subsequent, uh, his performance for Borat Al Suarez. Are you listening? Al does a great Borat and he does my wife me, uh, all the time. <laughs> And um, he's probably laughing so hard as Kim just gave me two thumbs up and said, <laughs> my wife. Um, all right, you guys, I told Kim I wasn't going to watch the Borat movie because I didn't have time. And then I made time to watch the Borat movie. Um, here's what I think about the Borat movies. <laughs> um the Borat movies are like when, for me personally, when I go to a museum and I see modern art and it makes me feel multiple things all at the same time. <laughs> like I feel impressed by the artwork itself uh, for some reason, but they also feel weird, like uncomfortably so. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. there's no way. And that's just me personally when it comes to like modern art, because I feel like modern art is not like a classic. And sometimes with modern art, you're like, anybody could do that. Um, but in that regard, I think only Sasha Baron Cohen can do Borat. Um, but I don't know necessarily that I would give him this award. I wouldn't be mad about it. I'm not going to go rioting. I mean, if it was James Corden, I would absolutely go set this sequin dress I'm wearing on fire. No. Um, just kidding. I wouldn't. That it's doesn't a good benefit dress. him. <laughs> it doesn't benefit that guy at all. Um, but I think that he... To exactly your point, he does a very interesting job of creating satire and like, uh, you know, the incongruity of people and their beliefs. Um, I think it made me I think the reason that the Borat movie made me so uncomfortable is because there's so much um, uh, watching it now as of today in 2021. There's so much of it that is very Trump heavy. Um, uh <sighs> Yeah, very uh, like very. It's, uh, I just say polarizing. Trump heavy. It's mm -hmm. very then and these very polarizing beliefs and poli polarizing political beliefs. That, that's the exact reason why I haven't watched it yet because that came out around like election time, and I was like, I can't. I do didn't want to watch it then. Can't. I was having like I physically can't. My, I will <laughs> even wait another six months before I watch it just to make sure Joe's okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, Joe and Kamala are a okay, but like I. Yeah, I ha I really could not watch it. And I don't know when I will be able to, but it does it's, look fun. It's just a lot. And there are moments where I'm like, this is so uncomfortable because you're watching these people like, so, say, like Heil Hitler. And you're like, uh, you know, like, you right. know that he's creating satire, but seeing it that knowing that there's people out there who truly believe that or like think that the Holocaust is something that they fervently support. I mean, I can't. And so um, that's why it makes me feel weird and uncomfortable. Yeah. And there were certain things about the first Borat movie that made me feel weird and uncomfortable. So uh, I get yes. what he's trying to do, but I couldn't watch it. I was having like my countless break mental breakdown between politics and the pandemic um, when this movie came out. So I just recently watched it and it still makes me feel weird, but um, that's not to say that he isn't talented, but I would love to see Lin-Manuel Miranda win, or as my mom calls him, that guy from Hamilton. Um, Cause she's terrible with actor names and she can't remember if his name is Lynn or Manuel or Miranda. So she calls him <laughs> any one of those names. 
What do we got next? Next, I was best performance by an actress in a motion picture in musical or comedy. Maria Bakalova in Borat, subsequent movie film. Kate Hudson in music. Michelle Pfeiffer in French Exit. Rosamund Pike in I Care A Lot. And Anya Taylor-Joy in Emma. Ooh-wee. Anya Taylor-Joy coming in with all these nominations. Um... Mm -hmm. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, I <laughs> more have not to seen choose from any of these, but I will say that man, I'm surprised by Kate Hudson from Me the trailer. Well. Uh, like a James Corden. I'm like, what's this? I'm Why surprised. I'm very surprised. Michelle Pfeiffer. God, I love Michelle Pfeiffer. I don't think she can do any wrong. I wanted to see this movie. I was sad. I thought it was on HBO, you guys. And I went to go watch it before us recording. And it's not out yet. So I'm going to have to wait to see it. But I saw the trailer. And this looks really good. It does. It looks excellent. So if I were to choose, I think, um, you know, I, this Ma- Maria Bakalova, she's a dark horse. She had me laughing as, uh, like crazy in the trailer. But mm-hmm. um, I would love to see Michelle Pfeiffer take this because she just looks phenomenal in, in, in this movie. And I want to see more of Michelle Pfeiffer. What the hell? I don't, she like disappeared and fell off the map uh, for quite some time. And I would love for her to, to get an award for what looks like an amazing performance. I mean, Bruno Mars still sings about her, right? Michelle Pfeiffer, that white <laughs> yes, right. Um, I would like her. I after I was like Kim, I'm not watching that Borat movie. I don't got time for this. And then I watched the Borat movie. So like for three times <laughs> a charm, the joke is on me. Um, <laughs> self inflicted. Um, I thought that Maria Bakalova was actually excellent in this. <laughs> she was so darn good. I think that the in terms of like Borat and that it's been like 14 years since the last, since the other movie came out. I think that they needed her. They needed something to not just make it the same old tropes of him going like sexy time and my wife and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Like that stuff is still funny, but it is, it could get to the point where it's a bit overdone. And the whole, this whole idea of, of, um, having this satire based on uh, a a woman that they're trying to sell to gift to Mike Pence in order to get in good with Donald Trump so that Donald Trump will um, uh, 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 support Kazakhstan. Like it's, and it's just really, so the scenarios are like updated. I don't, I guess they're fresh because we're talking with a different perspective, especially in the midst of like the me too movement and how we are trying to do better. Um, with our sisterhood, our supporting of women, men supporting women, feminism. I thought she did a really great job. Um, And her character arc is interesting. And there Mm. is, there are some really great non actors, people that they pulled into certain scenes. Um, There are these um, women that Borat meets in a synagogue that they are so sweet to him. And the way he walks in there, you're just like, 
it's just cringeworthy um, what he's talking about. And I heard that there's like a lawsuit of some sorts. Of course. But these yeah. old biddies are so sweet to him. And I will give a, a shout out to, I think her name is Jen C. Jones, um, who is they hire as this babysitter and the wisdom that she drops on Borat as if he's a real person and how he should treat women and how he talks to Maria Bakalova's character about that. She should feel empowered as a, as a woman and she can do what she wants and she can be independent. Oh, it just got me. So I wouldn't be mad about that. I, I would love it for her to be her or Michelle Pfeiffer. There's been a lot of talk about Rosamund Pike. If I see another article called Rosamund Pike, Rosamund Pike's character in I Care A Lot as an anti-hero. I'm going to flip a table. She is not an anti-hero in this. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, she does not appear to be an anti-hero to she me. She is clearly a villain. Um, uh, do you guys want me to talk about I Care A Lot? I was so excited to see this movie and it, oh, it didn't hold up. It didn't hold up. It fell a little bit short, but I would love for somebody to convince me otherwise. But it just, it. I mean, uh <laughs> Diane Weist, I mean, her back is hurting from carrying this whole movie, and um, she tried to carry this whole movie, and it just, there was a lot of things that just didn't work out, and um, Peter Dinklage, his back hurts a little bit, too. Um, It just, just didn't end right, and I love that I was seeing all these articles being like, she's the perfect anti-hero. I was like, if you listen to our podcast about anti-heroes, we read you the definition. We literally read you the definition. And it's not that. And it's not Um, that. Andy Samberg is nominated for Palm Springs. Kristen Milioti should be nominated in this category for Palm Springs as well. Um, Uh, Well, speaking of, why don't we move on to the next category? Next up that we have, Best Motion Picture as a Musical or Comedy. We have, again, Borat Subsequent Movie Film, Hamilton, Music, Palm Springs, and The Prom. Um, This is kind of an interesting... Um, list. Um, yeah. I know that there's been a lot of backlash for Sia and music, right? Because this is her movie and how, how she cast it. And people are quite upset about it and she's oh. not back down. Um, Why? Because um, the woman, because the girl has a disability? Yes, because she, I can't think of that girl's name, but I can see her face. She's in all the Sia right. uh, music videos. Right. And she apparently she's cast in this movie as having autism. And so right. the autistic autism community said you had the opportunity to cast somebody with a real disability in here and shine a light on if you really wanted to talk about what autism mm-hmm. is and, and put a positive spin on it. And instead you cast somebody who wasn't. And at, at the end of the day, see it just doubled down and is like, I'll do what I want and oh. don't worry about it. Oh, interesting. So who do you think is going to take this category? Um, I definitely think it should be Hamilton. I don't think there's any question, is there? I mean, I can't, <laughs> I can't imagine the prom sweeping, uh, you know, coming in and just doing a whole like leg sweep to Hamilton and being like, ha it's ours. <laughs> leg sweep. Girl, you're watching too much Cobra Kai. <laughs> I am watching too much Cobra Kai. Oh, my God. Um, I don't know. I think there's so many great actors in the prom. It just is one of those trailers that I keep seeing and this could be on me and maybe I should just watch it and prove myself wrong but I just keep seeing that trailer like this is a movie I have no interest in seeing whatsoever Mm. but yeah I think Hamilton is so clever and creative and has become like this cornerstone of pop culture that if it doesn't win I don't know I don't Mm. know what, what we're doing and I don't know how music got in here either but 
It's a very interesting, again, these are some very interesting nominees here for this category. But yeah, I 100% agree about Hamilton. Come on now. Come All on right. Now. Who else do we have? Who is next up? All right. So we have Best Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture Drama. Riz Ahmed for The Sound of Metal. Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Anthony Hopkins, The Father. Gary Oldman, Mank, Tahar Rahim, and the Mauritanian. Um, man, uh, look, here's what I'll say. <laughs> I <laughs> loved Sound of Metal. I loved Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I told Michelle this before. I loved the play, and I certainly loved how they mm-hmm. turned it into a film. Mm-hmm. If you don't break down and cry... Uh, watching either of those films, Sound of Metal or Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, um, are you alive? Those two actors have a fantastic performance in those movies. And I'm sure, look, the rest of these nominees, Anthony Hopkins, Gary Oldman, Tahar Rahim, I mean, come on. Yeah, they're all fantastic. Uh, like we said, Michelle and I are excited to watch The Mauritanian. Um, I'm excited to watch The Father. I'm not sure if I'm bought into this whole Mank movie, but hey, to each their own. Mm. If you're really into Citizen Kane or uh, the guy who made it, then I guess this is your film. Um. <laughs> yeah, that kind of I've seen the trailer. I know they've talked a lot about a lot about it. It's gotten a lot of um, press coverage. It's just not something that really grabs me. No, <laughs> no matter the how many trailer times was uber confusing. It's very confusing, and I just feel like it's I don't know, not something necessary. Like. I guess on paper, it seems like something I could be into, but it just doesn't really grab me. So, and don't get me wrong. I love Gary Oldman, but I was like, I feel like, does Gary Oldman need any more praise? I don't think so. He's He's fine. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. (laughs) Um, You know so much more about Ma Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I really don't. Oh, well, you knew it was a play. That was more than what I knew. <laughs> that's it. That's all I know. <laughs> but you'd seen the play. So I went in watching I haven't movie. seen the play. I've only read the play uh, for college. That's <laughs> oh, it. Okay. Okay. That's it. Um, again, Kim still knows more about this than I do. I watched it for the first time and had no idea what I was getting into. Um, Chadwick Boseman's performance, it got me. It's, uh, I think that Kim and I watched it maybe a few hours apart. And I feel like it just <laughs> ripped... It ripped my heart just like straight out of my chest and like ripped it in half and uh, it's still missing. Um, oh. I thought that ugh, Chadwick Boseman, oh my God. I. It's really tough because I told Kim that Riz Ahmed captured me in the sound of metal um, and it's so hard to see him up against somebody like Chadwick Boseman because I thought both of their performances but their performances were off the charts for me. Amazing. Truly, truly, truly fantastic films. Uh, highly recommend. Highly recommend. Do you know who's not on here, though, and I don't understand why, is Delroy Lindo from Five Bloods. The Five Bloods definitely got snubbed. Completely snubbed on this. The snubbed. fact that, like... Uh, the prom and Emily and Paris are on this in- this entirety of this list, and there's no mention of Defy Bloods is crazy. I thought um, Defy Bloods is a hard watch, um, but oh, I do the hardest. 
I do recommend it, um, considering that we've talked about the trial of the Chicago 7, which is related to the um, Vietnam War or the protests about the Vietnam War. I feel like, like I said, I got an education on a lot of these things, a lot of historical facts and figures uh, uh people in in history and i thought del roy lindo did a fantastic job of showing what it's like for somebody uh, from their own perspective having ptsd and the way that spike lee shot some of those scenes i mean you absolutely were transfixed by this character and he should absolutely be on this list only just to give chadwick boseman and riz ahmed a run for their money Mm -hmm. he was so fantastic and um, although I, 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 I think he should be on the list. I don't know that necessarily he would be able to, to beat out Chadwick Boseman or Riz Ahmed or Delroy Lindo, but like Stanfield in Judas and the Black Messiah was perfection. Absolute perfection. Why, he should yeah. be on this Why list he, as well. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't understand Golden Globes. Explain it to me, please. <sighs> somebody. My God. Get that, get that, uh. Unsolved Mystery number on speed dial. Oh, folks, we are heading into the home stretch, y'all. We are getting to these last two categories. Second to last category. Oh, we're going to fight about this a little bit, huh? Best performance by an actress in a motion picture drama. Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Andra Day, The United States versus Billie Holiday. Vanessa Kirby. Pieces of a Woman, Francis McDormand, Nomad Land, and Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. Hmm. Lord. All right. So before these women had these knives out, now they all have like bazookas pointing at each other and it's just going to. Oh, but I don't want them to fight because they're all so good. Yeah, don't fight. <laughs> don't fight. But it's God. Um, I. Man, this is. Look. Viola Davis and Ma Rainey's Black Bottom was easily one of the best performances I've seen in recent history for me. I, she totally transformed into something I have never seen her perform before. Um, And God, I just. She had you laughing. She had you crying. She uh, was a force. And I, I I do think it will be Viola Davis for this one. Mm. Um, but there are, I think, man, there are such great performances across the board, including, of course, Carrie Mulligan, Frances McDormand. Um, I haven't seen the United States versus Billie Holiday, but I need to see it because the trailer looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Andre Day looks fantastic in that i heard that andre day is fantastic so i cannot wait to see that when it is out um look i watched pieces of a woman and i was like oh vanessa kirby fantastic wonderful Mm -hmm. um she made me feel things that i have no right feeling because i am not a mom but i just i loved her performance in that and i thought she was excellent and um she transformed into that. She kind of slipped into that character. Um, and then I watched Promising Young Woman and I was like, if we don't give that movie and uh, Carrie Mulligan all the awards, what are we doing with our lives? I thought Carrie Mulligan was 
perfection. And then uh, as Kim was watching Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, she's like, girl, you got to watch this. And I did. And I thought, I thought that I, I, I stopped watching Viola Davis. And I oh. think that that is a testament to her acting and talking about a complete transformation. I, I hope this goes to Viola Davis. She is absolutely deserving of this best performance. There's no one else that could have played this role um, other than her. And she did it flawlessly. Like I did not see Viola Davis at all in this movie. She's so good. And I do recommend on Netflix, there's like a 30 minute um, behind the scenes of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, how mm. they shot some of the movie, how they came up with the um, set design and the costumes. And they have interviews with Viola Davis mm. and the rest of the cast talking about how they played these roles. And uh, they talked a, a lot about Chaswick, Chadwick Boseman as well. Mm. And it's really interesting um, to take you through, you know, how they how you look at Viola Davis and you maybe don't even recognize her in passing. And she talks about that, why she chose to do all those things. And they show the historical photos that they have that they built these, they they built these um, different scenes on. And I, there's this one moment in the like documentary style of this short bit where they said, when, Everybody was in this tent scene, which is at the very beginning of the movie, which is not a spoiler, but there's a scene where they're all in a tent that everybody who was there because every single extra had been fitted for their costume. And then the costume designer spent time with every single extra, just the extras, and told them about the historical meaning behind their own costume. And I think it was Viola Davis who said that when the camera pans in, that everybody in the room got chills and I got chills just watching that one scene. So, <laughs> uh, wow, Viola Davis, you we already loved you, but man, you just blew our socks off <laughs> as Ma Rainey for sure. Uh, guys, we're at our last category. Mm-hmm. Michelle, what do we got? Well, this is the big deal. This is best motion picture drama. First, we have The Father, Mank, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Interesting. It's an interesting list. I wish there were a couple more on here, to be quite honest. You guys already know that I wish Minari was on here. I think that The Five Bloods should be on this list. Mm -hmm. I actually would actually take off after watching the trial of the Chicago seven, I would take off the trial of Chicago seven and replace that with to five bloods. And I know I haven't seen it. So who am I to say, but this is our show. We do what we want here <laughs> on our CFGG. <laughs> CFGG 2021. Um, I would get rid of Mank and put Judas and the black Messiah on this list. So yeah. Um, if it if that was my list, I would absolutely give this to Minari, although I wouldn't be mad if it went to the Five Bloods. But since we're working with the list they gave us, um, I guess uh, my pick, I should say that a little bit more forcefully, my pick would be Promising Young Woman. I 
it better go to promising young woman. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Like it, like uh, again, I really enjoyed Nomad Land, mm-hmm. but I don't think it was nearly as captivating and as riveting and as necessary as Promising Young Woman. I think mm-hmm. Promising Young Woman is a necessary story um, in our time right now. So, uh, look. yeah, Congratulations to all the winners on, on CFGG. We'll see if our predictions come true, if we are right or we are wrong. But, you know, at the end of the day, awards, they don't mean much i mean yeah they mean money to they they mean uh validation to certain people i'm sure but at the end of the day whatever you love is what you love right and that's why michelle and i are here to support we're here to support whatever characters whatever stories grab you and if there is a story that you saw in 2020 that absolutely grabbed you, if you think we're completely wrong about talking trash about Emily in Paris, um, <laughs> <laughs> what is it? So désolé or whatever it is. I'm so sad um, in French. But you can uh, message us and let us know who was on the top of your list, whether it's for best motion picture or best performance by an actress. We would love to hear it. Um, we're just kind of giving you our top our top 100 of who we think it is <laughs> um and uh, i don't know how do we end the golden globes pete just cut us out with the music right <laughs> like uh, i'm giving my thank you speech just, yeah you just are thanking somebody and then pete just starts playing the right. music over you talking it just gets louder and louder and Pete's louder. our wonderful producer so i would like to thank pete our wonderful producer i would like to thank michelle varay my wonderful co-host i would love to thank um edith mudge who's provided our wonderful music per usual and then pete just cuts me off because he's and like, rose feta coot has done wonderful work with our artwork and uh uh, uh the hollywood forum press thank you it's just an honor to be nominated we appreciate it but thank you so much we're gonna go get wasted in between episodes you can find us on twitter and instagram at crush fictionally and feel free to slide into those dms Or tell us about your favorite fictional crush when you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll read your crush out loud on the next episode. You've been listening to Crush Fictionally, with original music by the talented Edith Mudge, artwork by the incredible Rose Feddock, and produced by the amazing Peter Burns. Thanks for listening. I'm Michelle Veray. And I'm Kimberly Trung. And remember to love yourself. Because your love is real. Imagine a podcast. Now, imagine a musical. Now, imagine the two of them made one million babies. Well... You don't have to imagine it, because it's real, and it has a name. One Million Musicals. Each month, we bring you a brand new, original podcast musical featuring talent from across Broadway, films, and TV. You'll hear tales of spooky ghosts, Wild West shootouts, adventures on the high seas, and much, much more. One Million Musicals. Only a few hundred thousand to go. A Campfire Media Podcast. 
Campfire.